0: You're listening to Career Up Now's socially distanced Ups podcast. Today, we're joined by Connie Rose, who is the founder of Empire Insurance Recruiters. She's made quite a, the name for herself with her direct hire staffing agency and via career consulting inside industries like insurance. Connie, welcome. Why or how did you become an entrepreneur?
1: Well, um, it's funny. <laughs> Aren't most entrepreneur stories funny? I was working, i worked for a national staffing company and then for a national third party administrator for claims. And I got, I got remarried in Oh three. He said at one time, he said, you should just work for yourself. You do so much phone work and computer work for people for free. You should just work for yourself. Cause you're like a workaholic. That's the number one trait of an entrepreneur. You're a an workaholic and you really enjoy it. So I was like, that really sounds like a good idea so that's how it kind of started and then i talked to a lawyer (laughs) and i realized i had a lot of work to get done to make that happen so just started down that road i just took um, i ate it like an elephant i just took one piece at a time and did what i was supposed to do from a legal perspective uh an attorney hired accountant i took it from there
0: Fantastic. What advice do you have for young or new entrepreneurs?
1: Consider the cost. It is a time cost. It is an adjustment. You have to be self-motivated, self-driven. Speak with the professionals. Know what you know how to do and do that. I mean, I knew recruiting. I knew the insurance business, property restoration business. I didn't know the legalities involved in all of this. I didn't know the tax issues involved in all this. So these sorts of experts will help you navigate that. Uh, So just know what you're getting into, because it's not easy. Some days it'll be fun, you know, when you're doing your core thing that you love to do. 80% 80% of that around it is things you have to do. You have to have insurance. You, know, you have to get all your paperwork in order. You have to pay your taxes. You, you have to get your business license in the county and the state. I mean, there's a lot involved. And know going into it that you may be the best recruiter or the best um, artist or whatever, but you're going to have to do more than that. So just know that going in. Don't get discouraged.
0: That's, a, that's great advice. Uh, what do you wish that you had known before you got started?
1: I wish I would have known that I would have so much to manage. In my profession, I'm managing people that are the candidates or the clients, okay? Then I'm managing my insurance pieces. I'm managing my tax pieces. I'm managing all my physical equipment and and, and office space. It's just so much. So you really have to be an organized individual. You have to have your spreadsheets. You have to know where your money's going and where it's coming in at, you know, and how to optimize both of those. It's a lot to keep up with. And so take that into consideration. Talk to other business owners at different businesses. Try to find someone who's done or is doing what you want to do. That would be the optimal thing to do and find out how much work after hours you're going to have to do because it's going to be a lot.
0: If you were part of a car, which part would you be and why?
1: I would be the gas pedal because I can push that down and go as fast as I want or I can pull back. And go as slow as I want. I'm in control of the forward and the backward motion of this company. I decide, like <clears throat> a good example, when the pandemic hit and I'm, it's, it's sinking in, and I'm saying, all the job orders are on pause. Let's stop this car. Money's flying out in one direction and not a lot's coming in. So what can I do to turn this around? What skill sets and abilities do I have? that I can sell, promote to people. So I had to start thinking, but because I'm the gas pedal, (laughs) I can decide to stop it, put it in, you know, not put it in reverse, but stop it and slow it down and go in another direction.
0: What new challenges or opportunities does the pandemic present for your company or industry?
1: The challenges it presents is when people don't go to work in their offices and they're in their homes, they don't take on new hires unless they're really, really desperate because in many, in almost every case, there's some type of training, whether it's a a short curve or a long learning curve, doesn't matter. So then they're down to video training and that's difficult. It just depends. um, It just depends, but it it can be done, but it's very difficult. So they don't want to take it on and it's an unknown to many people. They video, but like, you know, they might FaceTime with their friends, but they rarely videoed for interviews. They rarely videoed for training. It was just not widely done. So there, and also too, in my business, the insurance business, remember, people are reducing or eliminating their insurance so that carriers may have to return premium or reduce premium. You're already seeing that, right? You've been seeing it. Then the, then the commission, the agent got, or the broker guy disappears. So then where are we going to get our money for staff? Because uh, it's maybe not the the highest expense, but it's up near the top is payroll for any company. And so they have to reevaluate their revenue stream and say, okay, we're going to have to fight with the army we have, keep who we have, pause these job orders and reevaluate in how many months, right? When we feel safe to go out. The great thing about hard times is that it makes people figure out how to do things better or more efficient. So in that sense, what's come out of this is that people are remaining remote. Many people will remain remote. They will not go back into the office. Some will, some won't. It's still up in the air as to what percentage will and what percentage won't. But employers and a lot of big companies have already figured out, hey, these people are really uh, productive at home. Um, they are. and there's statistics that back that up, and we can shut down some of our offices, create more money that way. And so we think we're just gonna leave a lot of y'all working remote. I mean, that's, and I've been praying for that scenario because the of traffic's so bad for 15 years. Um, I've literally begged clients, can't they work remote just a day or two? And that just started happening in the last 24 months for me, a day or two working from home. So that um, that's the benefit uh, for the company and for uh, employees, you know, to, to, you know, be home working. Um, and it, it's, um, it makes you in, go inward and decide how are we going to still do the best we can do with limited resources in a way, new way of work. It's a new way of work.
0: Remarkable. Can you name a teaching moment for you, whether that was a mistake or failure that made you reassess?
1: You have to think which which failure is <laughs> yeah. most entrepreneurs fail before they succeed. One failure is this. Um, in the beginning. I thought it would just come to me because I had a network, you know, and I knew people and I love them and they love me. But it turns out that I had to prove myself all over again. And that taught me early in that you're never, you're like, you never arrive. You're always evolving according to the situation or the economy, and you're always, you're only as good as your last placement, that's it. And that's a failure in the beginning that I learned. And it took me a minute to learn it because in the beginning, I don't care who you are, every entrepreneur has those up. They have two glasses on. They have a set of rose colored glasses and they have a set of pride glasses. And when I went to consult with a very trusted colleague early on, I guess I was maybe two years in, he was over and done with, was written books really good. He looked at me in my face. And he had great courage because he said, no, 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 you don't have rose color glasses on, Miss Rose. You have pride glasses on. And I was like, really? You know, I just didn't see myself like that. But he was right. So I took that information back and I sat down and thought about it. And I said, you know, kudos for him. It took a lot of guts for him to say that. So that's another one.
0: Why do you think mentorship programs like career up now are important?
1: They're in short, short supply and big demand. I'm a mentor inside my industry and we struggle to get mentors. And for me, that's why I just jumped on career up now because I saw that as a platform on a large scale that was literally there for the young person or the new person, whether young or old, starting out in a new direction, providing guidance, providing help, uh, a, a care and concern, you know. I've found with dealing with several people inside the organization that um, they really care and they wanna provide assistance in the moment for that particular individual, but it's a bigger picture than that. It's as a collective unit, uh, young people, Literally need so much mentorship. I mean, the old saying, it takes a village to raise a child. Well, it takes a huge community of mentors to mentor young people coming out of school, entering into the workforce to navigate that. Because it is, it's intimidating. When you're in a position, you come out of school, you've graduated, right, you've got that degree. So you're at the top of your apex, top of the mountain in that respect. But when you go into a new job or something maybe you've never done before, or you're just very vaguely familiar with it, it puts you in another position of like, I'm a freshman again (laughs) in the world of work. So if you don't have that support, it can affect people some in a negative way some in a positive way but if you have that support you can reach to you're much much better off for success